Hello. 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 Hello, my name is Matthew West, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. I really hope you like it. Hello. Guys, Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipes box makes it easy to master essential oils at over $150 in value. You're going to get four full-size essential oils and all the ingredients you need to make six natural recipes, all for just $39 when you subscribe. Do you want to live a healthier life? Do you want the air in your home, or in my case, our tour bus, to be toxin-free? The answer is yes. Now, this is an amazing company, and here's why. Not just because of 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered straight to your door, but because these are essential oils that change the world, and here's how. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. I'm going to say that again. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. So when you get your essential oils from another company, well, you're going to get essential oils regardless. If you're like the West family, we want to get it from a company that wants to be a part of a cause greater than just profit. And that's what Simply Earth is about. We want to help end human trafficking. I hope you do too. These are the purest oils on earth. Like I said, 100% pure. There are no synthetics, no fillers in these oils. They're tested to be 100% pure with no additives, only the good stuff. These recipes work too. Every single recipe is created and tested by AHA certified aromatherapists. You won't get a recipe unless they love it. So here's how it works. You get 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered to your door. You follow the fun recipes in your Simply Earth essential oil recipe box to make products that you know will work because they're created and tested by certified aromatherapists. And you get to enjoy a home free of toxins as we are in the fall spending more time indoors that is more important now than ever so go to simplyearth.com west use the code west to get a free 20 dollars gift card with your first recipe box when you subscribe today that's simplyearth.com west get a 20 dollars gift card with your first recipe box when you use the code west and subscribe today What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, the final episode of the Matthew West podcast in the year of 2021. Not the final episode ever. No, we're just getting started. But here we are. We've reached the end of 2021, and this is the first full year of the existence of this show. For those of you who've been with me from the beginning, you might remember we started in August of 2020, and here we are, almost 2 million downloads later, one amazing guest after the other, one inspiring conversation after the other. I've had my dad on many weeks uh, with his segment, Dad Vice. We've we've uh, dug into the heart behind some of the songs that have been written here at the Story House in our segment called Songs from the Story House. I have loved every second of this journey. And, you know, my heartbeat from the very beginning of this podcast was to step into your stories in a positive way, hopefully inspire you, challenge you, remind you that God is the author of your story. There's a lot of noise in this world, a lot of junk in this world, and my hope is that whenever and wherever you listen to this podcast, that it can be a voice that lifts you up in a world full of things trying to tear you down. So what an amazing year. I just want to say thank you so much for all the support and for making this show part of your life. Now, we are going to dive into 
a really great conversation today with a really great friend of mine. And I think this is the perfect conversation for this week between Christmas and New Year's as we look ahead to the new year, but also reflect on what's behind us. Um, My guest today has had so many number one songs. He was one of the original members of the uh, contemporary Christian supergroup Avalon. And we have a lot of history together. You're going to get to hear a little bit more about that today. He's got a very powerful testimony. God's been doing some amazing things in his life. He's got a brand new book out called So Far, So Good. He's one of the, really one of the greatest singers that I've ever heard. And uh, let's see if I can even get him to sing a little bit today. So here we go. This is going to be a special episode. I think this is the perfect episode for right now as we're right on the edge of 2022. Let's go to the story house with my friend, Jody McBrayer. For as long as I live, I will testify love. That's how I wanted to start the interview, by <laughs> by me singing one of your Avalon. One of your... Okay, we're going to start with Jody McBrayer. We're starting by talking about a number, and the number is 22. Okay. 22 is the amount... To my age. No. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> That's, tell them what 22 represents. Uh, 22 is the, the, the number of number one songs that Avalon had. That Avalon, 22 number one songs. Yeah. But that's not the answer we were looking for. Oh, it's not? That's also the number of fajitas that you and I just ate. <laughs> yeah. from. I, I think I ate 20, you ate too. <laughs> we, uh, we ordered some chewies. It was good. <laughs> that, yeah. What is the, um, my family, uh, like swallows it by the gallon. Uh, about the queso? Yeah, the queso, but what's the other thing oh, from Chewy's? They're, they're like ranch jalapeno. Yes. Oh my gosh. Why is that so good? I don't know. It's it it's like legal yeah. crack, I guess, <laughs> legal or something. Cr- it's good. <laughs> it I it's delicious. Yeah, and you've eaten a whole bag of chips before you realize it. Yeah. And you know, they give you yeah, and you ordered a lot. Like yes. I mean, we had like how many girls here though? DoorDash has become like oh, I know. I'm kind of on a first name basis right. with these it's too easy. Yeah. Okay. Did you order a lot to the house throughout the pandemic? Yeah, we did. We ordered everything. Weirdest thing you ordered food wise? Uh, (laughs) As if I needed to clarify food wise. (laughs) Like as if you ordered a pigeon or something. No, we did have pigeon one night. (laughs) No. Um, I think probably the weirdest thing we ordered um, from, you you know, when you order places that are like fancy and they're not really used to doing the takeout thing, but they kind of had to get into that vibe. Yes, yes, yes. So we ordered from Sperry's. Which because is we a, love Sperry's, which is a high end kind of steak place in you know. Nashville. Yeah, and it's kind of an old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like they would traditional. not. I could see a restaurant like that not really being quick on the uh, adopting of no, it, how it, to create the, the order. Took food. two hours. Yeah, to get to us, and then when we got it, it was like every single thing was in its own little container. So for the three of us, there were like fifty containers on our countertop, <laughs> and it was like, what is this? What is it? So we had to. So basically, everything had its own little Yeah, container. we had to basically put it together, you know. But it was it was great. I mean, the food's delicious. Uh, my confession is that there was one night when I ordered DoorDash and it was just ice cream. There was no... <laughs> it, it From where, was, Jenny's? It was six pints of... Yeah, because you could only order in sixes. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> I mean, really it was wanted literally ice cream. <laughs> like opening Nancy Pelosi's freezer. <laughs> yes. Oh my but, gosh. Was it Jenny's though? It was Jenny's. Ice okay. So, cream. what's your favorite Jenny's flavor then? Ooey gooey butter cake. That's good. Is, you ever had their buttermint? 
I love every flavor, first yeah, of all. I haven't really met one. I haven't had butter. I mean, look at me. I can barely fit in this chair. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> well, we've got a uh, world class singer, and I don't say the world. I don't say the word world, the words world. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a professional the, the tacos here. Are Too many ta- but I don't say world class. I don't throw that around lightly. Oh. Uh, I mean it. Legit world class. And uh, I talked with your agent and I was like, hey, what would it take to get him just to hum a few bars? And they're like, you can't afford it. Uh, and I was like, even if I give him 20 fajitas. You gave me fajitas, So instead bro. we're just going to talk. Uh, okay, and people will fair. have to take my word for it. Of course, anybody who's listened to a contemporary Christian for any amount of time uh, they would have most likely come in contact with the music of Jody McBrayer as a solo artist, but also as a member of the group Avalon that we were just mm-hmm. talking about. 22 number ones. And we have a cool connection. Um, one, I mean, we have several cool connections yeah, we now, which is it's kind of, it's neat. Our daughters are like best buddies. Yeah. But one of my very first tours of my career mm-hmm. was me and a guitar Yep. As the opening act for Avalon yep. and Mark Schultz. That's right. And I'll never forget. I forgot it. that Mark was on that too. But we had so much fun we did. on that tour bus. Yep. Watching Law and Order <laughs> every runs. night. I mean, well, that was back VHS. Well, it really wasn't, I think, but we still had a VHS player. <laughs> yeah. And so Greg Long Greg would Long. videotape episode, you know, and I think yeah. there's, was it TNT or one of those channels where it just runs Law and Order all yeah, day? Yeah, Law and Order. And so we would go on the bus and watch <laughs> so, Law and Order reruns. It's so weird that we were into Law and oh, Order too. I know. What are we, 106? Well, we had know. such a great time on that tour and I got the chance to learn from like two of the best, Avalon and Mark, yeah. you know, like just getting to hang with you guys and seeing just how kind you were to like the mm. new, the new guy who just didn't have a clue about what he was doing. And if anybody saw my hair at the beginning of my career, they'd be like, yeah, he didn't have a clue. But that was, I just, I have such fond memories of that tour going on the road together. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. But we knew, I mean, I knew seeing you back then. I mean, there was no question. I mean, and and I'm not just tooting your horn because you were tooting mine, but there was no question that you were destined for great things given oh, your voice and your you. talents no seriously but but just the songwriter that you're like i i turned to stephanie even tonight and i said he's such a great songwriter like that christmas song we went to a christmas thing together tonight i don't yeah. know when this is going to air but <laughs> yeah. um but you sang uh your new christmas single. what's it called we need Christmas. We need yeah. Christmas. Sounds which, like it made, made a real impression. No, on it did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, sorry. I'm just, I'm I, dude. I drank and ate a lot of fajitas and and, and I drank a Pepsi. I never drink sugar yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. I'm glad you clarified <laughs> yeah. that it was. A yeah, Pepsi no, it was a Pepsi. It's a Christian show. Um, but I turned to Stephanie today, and honestly, both of us are crying. Oh, uh, sincerely, we've just been kind of going through it with some different things. And man, we do need some Christmas. Yeah, you know, everybody do. does. And I just thought he's a great songwriter. Oh, thank you, man. I, that means a lot. It's uh, it's just fun to to stay in contact with each other and stay friends after all these years. Yep. And uh, here's how I would describe. I think there's different categories of vocalists. And oh, I, no. I, if I could boil it down <laughs> to two categories, I feel like there's people who, when they sing, it's effortless. Like it just... It just flies out of out of the mouth, and it's just this oh, melody that soars to the heavens. And that's and, not you. And they don't You're- even break a sweat. No, and then there's singers who are like the Springsteens, where when they sing, they're getting their lunch pail, and they're going to work, and sure. that vein's bulging. Yeah. And I've always felt like the lunch pail type of singer. I'm going to work. But when you sing, it's just like, where do the notes end? Like, where does oh, the high? Where, what's the highest note? When were you first aware of the fact that you had this kind of a gift as a vocalist? Like, what was the very Hmm. beginning where you were like, 
I don't know where this comes from, but I have it. So we're going to eventually talk about the book, but I, I've written yes. all of this stuff down recently and thought about it so much. Um, like telling your story in yeah, the book. Yeah, telling okay. my story in the book. And Which, just, since you mentioned that, we're just yeah. going to say the title of the book right now. is called. It's called So Far, So Good. Yep. You wrote this book that shares your story. Yeah, it's a memoir, basically. So don't give up. You're not going to give away too much. We want people to no. read the book. But in this, I talk about, there's a whole chapter called The Music. It just talks about me kind of coming to grips with who I was as a singer and I've always had this high squeaky voice. I mean, I've never really been, you know, like when you get up and sing, there's no mistaking Matthew West is a man, you know, but there are <laughs> no, seriously, but there have been times like, don't save it all for Christmas day. You know, wow. people think it's a chick. Because you're singing so because high. Because I'm singing so high. I've never once heard your voice and wondered. Well, but you know me. You know what I'm saying? I People mean, who don't know before me. Before I even knew you, though. Well, I still get called ma'am in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, and Stephanie and Sarah Clayton think it's a lot. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Then I'll pull up, and they're like, oh. Well, then let me hear, like, okay, pretend that you're ordering at the Chick-fil-A <laughs> drive-thru, because you're talking, like, quietly here, but let's hear. No, I just, I'll pull up and say, hi, I, I want a number one, please, Chick-fil-A sauce and a Diet Coke. Okay, but now say it like if you had to shout it. Like, I'll adjust your okay. volume here. Hi. <laughs> God bless you too. Hey, <laughs> praise God for Chick Fil A. Listen, I would love a number one with Chick Fil A sauce and a Diet Coke. It would be my pleasure. Wait, wait, I'm supposed to <laughs> that be. That is the... right, my pleasure. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, okay, gosh. well, um, but I, 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 I knew, know. I knew early on. I, I yeah. did. I knew probably five or six years old. What song? What, what were you singing? Where you're like, okay, well, <laughs> man, this is happening. I sang just sang along to the radio. Like I remember specifically being in the car with my mom and my brother. My brother, um, we had just picked him up from playing little league, and he was sitting in the front seat of the car singing along to, uh, I think, an Air Supply song, like I'm on out of love. I'm so lost without you. And he was singing along. And my mom's like, Look, a good voice, Jim. And so of course, me not to be outdone by my older brother, I was gonna sing along too. And I sang along, and your mom, my mom looked in the mirror, and she's like, you got a good voice too, Jody. And they kind of chuckled, and I thought they were making fun of me. Oh. We get home, and my mom says to my dad, she doesn't think I'm hearing him. I can hear him talking in the kitchen. She goes, I think we have a singer on our hands. And it ain't Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jimmy just didn't, he didn't care at all about music or, yeah. you know, he ended up, he's a uh, the VP of marketing for GlaxoSmithKline, so he's fine. What's Glaxo, what is it? Pharmaceuticals. It's fun to say. Yeah, isn't it? Like, what? Okay, so he went on into the business world. He did. And uh, but I had two your older mom, brothers who are both in the business world now. And what did it mean to you when you overheard your mom say that to your dad? Because it obviously it's something you remember. Yeah, I remember vividly. I mean, I can I remember sitting on the floor in the living room and yeah. then being in the kitchen. I could see the colors and the smells. I mean, I remember it all. Why did Why do you think you remember so much about just a little moment? It seems like a little moment in passing where you overheard something. What is it about moments like that that stick with you? I think it's the anytime you get validation from your parents, people that you respect. You it's know, a big what I'm deal, saying? isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a huge deal. Anytime somebody says. You know what? You you're not just good. You you could be excellent. Yeah. And my dad was amazing. So many. I don't know if you ever got to be. I don't think you did. No, I, didn't. I think he had passed by the time. But my dad was great at encouraging me to do whatever I wanted to do. He was just that kind of guy. He was a lot like your dad. Yeah. Just very kind and always there to help. But my mom, you know, both of my brothers were in sports. And even though I I did some sports and things like that, it wasn't 
I'm not a sportsy guy. I love sports. I love obviously football. You and I go to football games together. And oh, I yeah. scream louder than anybody. Yeah, you and your wife are like the most vocal uh, <laughs> fans really at the high school football. We don't even have a horse in the race. That's I keep just... waiting for you guys to get arrested one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I know. Every once in a while, I'll look around after I yell, and I'm just kind of looking down. And I'm like, I'm we're so all sorry. we're all parents at this Christian school, <laughs> and we're just like, come on, ref. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, we get into it, but, but but so your dad was super supportive. Oh, yeah. But my mom, you know, she was the one who was like, okay, you have a gift. If you're going to sing, then you got to do it right, you know? And she mm-hmm. really pushed me to to be more than just a singer, you mm. know, to not just sing the notes, but sing the song, you know? Okay, explain that, what you just said, because well, I, think I think that's important. Well, I think you and I know great singers. I mean, we've been, we've been around. This industry is full of great singers, right. you know? I would say that country and Christian music probably have some of the best artists and singers, mm. bar none. But there's a big difference between somebody who just gets up and sings a song and hits all the notes right and somebody who pours their heart into it. And you say you pack your lunch or you or you pack, what do you say? I go to work. Go to work, it's, yeah. It's a lunch. You go you know. to work, but at the end of the song, people are crying. They feel every note you've sung because you mean what you're singing. To me, that's the clincher. That's the, oh, when, yeah. I, when I know that the singer believes, when yeah. I believe that they believe, what they're singing. Oh, yeah. Then I believe. <laughs> and you know what? And they don't even have to hit all the notes right at that no, point. No, I, I, and, and that's where you could think of so many examples of artists who are not technically great singers, right. but have had incredible careers. Of course, I'm drawing a blank on a oh, Bob Dylan, maybe? Yeah. I mean, hello. Well, I, mean, I don't I, think he's I, ever hit a note. You know, I'll say like Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, you know, great Willie example. Nelson, not an amazing singer, but every time he sings, I believe every word he's singing. Oh, for somebody, my you know? goodness. That's a great example. Yeah. yeah. So there are those. And then there's those. I mean, and I've traveled with some of them. Now, I... You know, I've been blessed. You know this because you're on the road with us. I mean, I travel with Jana Long for Pete's sake. I mean, I don't know anybody I mean, whose voice sticks singer. to tape like hers does. She's a and beast. It sticks to tape in terms of, yeah. I mean, but I, I think to, you two are rare in that, technically speaking, world-class singers. Mm, there's yeah. you know what i mean like it this She's, no, no auto tune necessary but also maybe not back you then believe, the older i get <laughs> i need a little bit <laughs> after 20 fajitas it yeah, might that's you, right it repeats gonna, on me yeah <laughs> well you just talked about earlier about us tooting each other's horns and i thought after 22 fajitas there's that's not the only thing going to be tooting <laughs> yeah. in the studio we're today. in a small confined Sorry. space <laughs> bathroom humor on the podcast but so how did you how many years total were you in the group Avalon? So uh, I was in, let's see, 96 to 2007. So 12, that's 12 years. Well, and in that 12 years time, did you get enough Dove Awards to amount to what would constitute a flock of doves? Is it a flock? How many of- is in a flock? I th- we have six. Is that I a mean, flock? That's, I would say that's like I, a V-shape. I usually shape. try to think, yeah. Like I, Sarah Clayton and I just it's saw a, the other It's day, at least a bushel. A, <laughs> I don't know a gaggle? A gaggle. <laughs> What would doves be? What is the plural of doves? Doves. I mean, but like the doves, like a duvets. A duvet. No, I don't <laughs> duvet know. of doves. I like that. <laughs> but I mean, heavily decorated. Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm not a Stephen Curtis Chapman, Matthew West Dove Award person. Uh, you know how many Dove Awards I've won? How many? Uh, six minus five. What? You've won one? Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah, I, I won Songwriter of the Year in uh, 2018, and you know what happened? <laughs> they didn't tell me when they were doing the award. So I started getting all these text messages. They're like, dude, where are you? Oh, Congratulations. No, you weren't there? Yeah. And they're like, why aren't you giving a speech? I'm like, because I'm in my car 
20 minutes away because you didn't tell me when you were giving the award. Uh, so uh, the one I did win, I didn't even miserable. get to say thanks to my mom, you know? Oh, my gosh. I'm a little bitter But right how many now. nominations have you had, though? Well, that don't matter. <laughs> you you want to know a funny story? <laughs> it matters Rick, a little. Ricky Skaggs, you know Ricky? I mean, yeah, he's, he's won so many Grammys, yeah. right? But I, I got introduced at the Grand Ole Opry one night, and he was the one in charge of introducing me. And yeah. it was a very humbling experience because uh, they handed him my bio, mm-hmm. and it was like my stats. Yeah. But this guy, who's got he's got more stats sure, than anybody. Yeah. But he's, he's up there having to introduce this goofball, and I'm off to the side of the stage, and he goes, well, says here this next young man is a five-time Grammy nominee. And a couple people in the crowd go, ooh, you know. He pauses in this awfully sarcastic, like, lengthy time. Then he looks off into the wings, makes eye contact with me, and then says into the mic, you keep trying, young man. You come real close. You might just get one. And I was like, it, it put me. I and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew West, and, to, and you performed at your best. That's when I realized, like, that when they say five time Grammy nominee, guess mm-hmm. what it means? I ain't never won one. Yeah, second. My dad used to say second place is for first place losers. <laughs> Wait, no, Ricky Bobby said. That. Did he say no, that too? I don't oh, know. God, I don't know. He said, if you ain't first, you're last. That's right. Same thing. Well, but you know, Avalon got nominated for three Grammys. I think. Did you ever went take one home? No, no. We've got those medallions. You know, they give you those little medallions. Oh that yeah, you get. I do have those. Yeah. My daughters would use them for their when they would uh, play uh, make believe like gymnastics. Oh yeah, and they'd they would put win their the little leads. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. To go from being in a group that was like the standard yeah. in contemporary Christian music, then to move towards a solo career. Yeah. But you had, I want to talk about, and do you talk about this in the book as well? You had sort of some physical health issues where yeah. you, you really had to stop singing. Yeah. For a while there, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about everything in the book. I mean, and Stephanie and I sat on the couch for years. Three years it took me to write this book. Stephanie, your wife. Stephanie's my wife. Yes, I'm so sorry. I don't. I'm assuming everybody knows that. So you, for three years, you thought yeah. about writing, or you've well, been writing? Just it? I've been writing it for three years. Why was it on your heart to write this book? Let's let's go there. Well, okay. So in my solo uh, stuff, and in, and even I started a new group called Cana's Voice too, which is a contemporary right. Southern gospel group. That's right. And uh, they were really open to me sharing my story and sharing my testimony and things like that. And it just sounded, kind of gave me a new platform to do that. And so I had a uh, publisher come up to me and say, hey, we'd really love for you to put your story down on paper so that people could read it. We could get out there. And what would you be interested in writing a book? And I was like, absolutely not. I, I just, I, I'm not, you're the writer. You know, I'm not a writer. I'm a, I'm a song interpreter. I, I'm, I'm better at that. I just have never been good at putting you know words down on paper. You know what John Acuff would say? What? He would say that's a broken soundtrack that you just said. <laughs> like he's got this well, book about- Well, he's written a thousand books though, hasn't but, he? But that's what he says. He's like, he, he thought the same thing about himself. He's like, I'm not a writer. Yeah. And he's like, but then I started to realize that's a soundtrack I'm listening to. Yeah. And I, if I change that soundtrack, maybe I- Well, it, and I had to. And I, you did, I, didn't I did. you? Well, so do you know who Marilyn Meberg is? She no. was one of the women on Women of Faith that would speak all the time. Okay, okay. And she was a huge encourager to me about, I, I reached out to her one day because we we kind of, you know, she's like my grandmother, you know? I mean, I think she was 72 when we were out doing Women of Faith. So she's in her 80s. Well, so now. you'd be performing at Women of Faith yes, events? Yes, Avalon did Women of Faith events. And, and she'd be a speaker? Yes. So correct. what, backstage, she would just kind of mentor? Well, or? we just talked, we okay. just got to know each other and I was, I was just very compelled to her. You know what I mean? Like her story and just her personality. She was really witty and her, just the banter. And she would always, Always ask really poignant questions, and that made me think about who I was, where I was, 
when I started writing this, this book process, and I'm kind of going a long way around to answer your question, but I called her because she's written seven or eight books. She's like John, you know, and she, she told me the, the outline. She told me exactly what to do when I had writer's block. She was amazing. I had to decide how honest I really wanted to be in this book, you know, because it's one thing to write a song that's about something honest, you know, yeah. because it can be ambiguous. But when you're writing an autobiography, it's you. Well, and a song can be over in three minutes. So you yeah, can only say true. so much. <laughs> but, but when you're writing a memoir yeah. or, yeah. And what we were talking about singers and being able, like the kind of singers where you believe what they're saying. Yeah. Like, you know the difference when you're reading a book, sure. too. Yeah. And you you probably wanted people to go, hey, this guy's, you know. So that was a struggle. It was. And, and you know, we've been, Stephanie and I have been through a lot. So part of part of me leaving Avalon, I mean, a large part of it was my health, but also our marriage was struggling. And mm. um, Avalon, you know, we would, there was two years there where we did 280 dates in oh, a year. It man. was nuts. And yeah. we were newlyweds. And then my father passed away the second year I was married. And it just kind of snowballed after that. And there was a lot of dysfunction on my part. I started kind of hanging out with the wrong crowd and just making yeah. stupid choices. Not anything harrowing, but just, you know, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't following the path that God had me on. I was choosing other things. And Stephanie knew it and she was trying to, she's like, Jody, I just don't like you hanging out with these people. And, you know, yeah. but I was like, oh, don't tell me what to do. You know, just that whole whatever. Then I got diagnosed with heart disease. It was our, oh gosh, what was it? Our sixth anniversary? Mm. Fifth anniversary? Sixth anniversary. Wasn't feeling right. I remember singing at a a, con a Christmas concert, singing Don't Save It All for Christmas Day. And after it was over, it was a matinee concert. And I got super dizzy and the room started to spin. And we were in a theater in Ohio that had the stars on the ceiling. Remember those old theaters? Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing the stars spinning like it huh. was, and I almost passed out. And so I went and rested and then, you know, sang the evening concert and the evening concert, I walked backstage and, and landed on my nose, busted my nose. Like completely, black completely out. blacked out. And I knew something was wrong. You know, I knew it wasn't just I was tired or exhausted, but something was wrong. And so we found out that I had a hypertrophism, that I had an enlarged heart. But I also have a genetic abnormality in my heart muscle that causes it to atrophy. So at that point, I had lost almost 19% of my heart muscle okay. function. Which made, by the doctor's estimation, singing a Oh, yeah. A, a well, risk factor. I mean, basically, I had doctors and at that point even counselors because Stephanie and I had started going to see some counselors and things. Just saying, look, you, you got to change your life. You're taking a left turn here and you need to be taking a right turn. She was working at Sony at the time at Provident and I was full-time with Avalon and I called Jana like a week after that and said, I'm not coming back. Wow. We came That had to be a hard decision. Oh, it was awful. It was, it was awful. It was awful for Jana, you know, because she and I were really the only two original members left in the group at that point. But we came home and put it, you know, started putting the broken pieces of our family back together in my health and... It was the right decision. It was the right thing to do. Why was it so important for you to wrestle with how honest you wanted to be about seasons in your life where you're in ministry, but maybe making choices that you're, you don't feel are lining up with your statement of faith? Or why ultimately is it? Because it would be way easier for yeah. guys like you and me to to just keep putting on the show. Like right. we're good at that, yeah. right? That's why we are where yeah. we well, are. And that's what's expected of us. Right. Too. So what ultimately, what was it that made you come out of that wrestling match maybe with the Lord about, <laughs> about being authentically honest about, you know, flaws or failures or missteps? What prompted you to go, okay, you know what? Here it is. Here's my story. Yeah. And I'm going to put it in this book. You know, you and I both have grown up in the church and 
grown up with this whole perception of perfection thing where we just are, you know, you're just really not allowed to step out of line. Yeah, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah, and, and, you know, even churches today that have gotten a whole lot better, but there's still this, you yeah. come as you are, come as you are, but don't stay that way too long. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you can't do this until you do this. And you yeah. got to, you know, and at some point I'm like, there's only so much truth and honesty that Christians, I think, can handle because of that. Yeah. You know, they like to know that we're squeaky clean. They like to know that we haven't made any mistakes. They right. like to know that their Christian artists are perfect. Their pastors are perfect. Yeah. And I started watching friends of mine who were pastors being unable to live up to that yeah. standard and yeah. some of them even taking their own life because yeah. of it. And yeah. I'm like, at what point do we stop this insanity and say, yes, we are called to be more. Absolutely. I'm not questioning that. But at some point we have to also be honest and say, we're flawed. Yeah, are we not human? Yeah, yeah. we're human. Yeah. And, you know, there's a quote that I read, and I actually put it in the book that says, there's two kinds of people. There's some people who, upon hearing your story, press in. And then there's some people, other people who, upon hearing your story, push away. Wow. And that's how you know who your people are. Who's really, are. yeah. Yeah. And I I always want to be a person that presses in. I don't ever want to be afraid of anybody who tells me their story. Man, what a great word for anybody even listening to this right now yeah. to like to to because it's crazy because you're talking about your own personal story, but you're also giving advice for, you know, how we can interact when we step into somebody else's story. Right. Like the idea of somebody, I mean, what does what does God's grace do in our lives? Like grace reaches for us. It well, doesn't push us away. It's everything. And we're called to be that same, you know, we're called to press in and not push away. Right. But people are so scared. And that's, you know, I wanted to answer the question I asked you for myself about like, okay, well, why did you ultimately decide to go, you know what, I'm not just going to talk about the highlights of my career. Yeah. I know why. I believe why you did that in this book so far so good was to make sure that anybody who picked up that book found their own story in that book Absolutely. too. And, well, there's and healing so, and knowing you're not alone. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I swear if there, that might be one of the most common threads in the conversations I've had on this podcast is mm. people going like sharing how they found uh, freedom in somebody else sharing their story of yep. imperfection or how other people find freedom. And and if that's one of the common threads in this podcast, and if that's one of the common refrains and messages that listeners get yeah. as a result of these weekly shows, I don't know that I can think of a better message than that for no somebody way, out man. there right that's now awesome. to go, wait a minute. So Jody McBrayer was winning Dove Awards, having multiple number ones, and still allowed the enemy at, for a moment in time to start to try to get a foothold on his marriage but he wrestled through that and then he made some hard decisions and he allowed god to completely redirect his path and his right. family like i mean that's a message of like hope and redemption yeah. that somebody today needs to hear that and yeah. go oh okay because you know what what happens when we when we like are face to face with our screw ups the enemy wants us to go yeah, but that's not just a screw up. You've messed up for the last time. Yeah. Or it's irreparable yep. harm. Yes, that's it right there. You'll right? never come back from this. That's why I love the title of your book, So Far So Good. Well, and there's a <laughs> and there's a there's a subtitle under that that's tiny. So Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, but it says, but it was touch and go there for a while. <laughs> and it was, you know, and I even wrestled with even putting that in there. And the publisher's like, no, we love it. It's, I like it's, it. It's char very characteristic. Yeah. My whole purpose in this was, you know, and, and Stephanie and I would talk about this a lot because I would bring a chapter to her because I did. I wanted to honor her, and not, you know, not put anything in there that she would feel uncomfortable. And there were some things, right. like some some journeys that we've taken with yeah. adoption and different things. She's like, I, I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, okay, 
So we didn't. I didn't put those things in there because that's not a lack of authenticity. That's no. discernment. Right, it's Be- discernment, and it's honoring my spouse. Right, because we you know? we want to tell our story, but at the same time, you know, I have because I've got a sign on my back that says "Tell me your story" because of this right. podcast or because yeah. of my songwriting career. But I also try to encourage people whenever I get the chance to speak into somebody's life, and I'm saying, "Hey, there's power in your story, mm-hmm. but there's also power in discernment." Yeah, to understand, like, to find the safe places in your life, and not everybody needs to. Hey, nice to meet you. Let me tell you about my childhood abuse. <laughs> right, it's exactly. about hey, look. That's part of your story that God can redeem, renew, restore, and reuse over and over again. But a perfect example that that comes to mind is I think of my friend Jenny, who to me epitomizes the proof of how God can use our story but uniquely design it for such a time and such a place as where Jenny went. Jenny Jenny terminated her pregnancy over 30 years ago as a scared teenage kid in Texas growing Mm. up in the Bible Belt. Didn't tell a soul until one day she wrote me a letter. And I wound up writing her a song. And when I called her, she got real quiet. And I asked her why. She started crying. She said, I've never told anybody, but now mm. now my secret's out, right? Yeah. Well, but then Jenny began to realize that God had uniquely designed her story to, guess what she does? She works at a crisis pregnancy center, and she shares her story to mm. young women who are contemplating mm. having an abortion. And, wow. she, and she has seen... That her story is for that moment right there. You know, so it's not necessarily that she needs to go on the Today Show. Right, 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 right. Right? Yeah. And everybody has a different platform. You've had your platform through music. Now you have your platform through this book. And so I I love that you're exemplifying what it looks like to respect your spouse, to go before the Lord and say, hey, Lord, how do you want to use my story? And in what way? And how can it encourage people? Why did you choose the title So Far So Good? Well, okay, so my the first song I ever recorded was when I was in the group Truth. I started I, out of I went to Liberty University, Liberty University. I said that really fast, <laughs> and then I I uh, out of Liberty I went and sang with the group Truth, and um, which is like a rite of passage for many of the is, great like vocalists. Think about in so many music. like vocalists and instrumentalists. Like half the instrumentalists in this town. That's played right. Truth. And, That's right. And and the talent that was in that group. Like I think about. Well, I met Jana in Truth, and that's how we started. Uh, that's right. Um, Natalie Grant was Natalie in Truth. Natalie Grant. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Uh, Lots. I mean. Well, Karen, um, Lee Capolino, who's in Point of Grace, she was in Truth. Yep, yep. Um, Karen Fairchild, who's in Little Big Town, she yes, was in Truth. That's she right. may not want to admit it, From but she Little was. From Little Big Town. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, amazing. Yeah, and honestly, it was boot camp for Christian artists, you know. But the first song that I ever recorded was a song that Don Cook wrote called So Far So Good. Oh. And I literally came into Truth and they were making a record. How have I not heard that? And I it need was, to go listen to it. Dude, it was the worst experience of my career. What, the song? Just being in the studio. Like, Don hated my voice. And what? I struggled and he, at one point, even kicked me out of the studio when we were singing group vocals. Like, I, it, it was it was the most like you, humbling and yeah. humiliating thing I've had those moments. Ever. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and you know, now Avalon works with Don. You right. know, we're at Red Street and we're working with Don Cook on a regular. And Don's a pot, you know, it's like, I can't believe I kicked Jody McBride out of the studio. But, you know, at the time, I didn't, I was green. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was singing, I'm 21 years old singing a song called So Far So Good. And I, I, right. I had no clue about life, you know. We have come so You're, far. Like, it and, actually was true. Like, man, I'm 21. Yeah. I'm singing are, in a studio. pretty great So far right so now. good. Yeah. No idea what was down the road, you know. It's funny how a statement like that can take on 
a, a whole new meaning right. 20 years later I or know. whatever. You know? Well, and especially, so I re-recorded the song, had Sarah Clayton sing the backup. Your daughter, Sarah Clayton, who is yeah. an amazing singer. She's Shocker. Great. Now, listen, your daughter's an amazing singer, too. Dude, um, we got some talented. Maybe that's our future. It, listen, I, I've had people <laughs> tell me, you know, I don't know if you believe in the prophetic. I've I, Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Oh, it really yeah. depends. But yeah. I've had some some solid words of people saying, listen, everything that you've ever done, any success you've ever had is because you're supposed to pour into your daughter who's going to be a planet shaker. And that, you want to talk about flying all over me, man. I'm like, that's fine. I'll go through whatever I have to go through to see her change the world, you know? (sighs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm ready for that. Well, okay, so that's a great story, how that song, you come Mm -hmm. full circle all these years later, you're back with Avalon. Yeah. You're making music again. Yeah. You're singing again. What was it about your heart condition that then allowed you to begin like, adaptation? Really? Yeah. It's it's still there. Actually, um, so you still have this heart condition. I still have it. I'm actually at 36 percent muscle loss, so I'm quite a bit more than I was back then. Are, but are it's you, plateaued. Are you worried when you go to sing? And, and <laughs> I'm asking. I want to. I'll preface it by saying that ever since I had throat surgery. There a lot of times it doesn't cross my mind because I'm just in I'm in kind of in my zone. Sure. But there are some nights where I was getting ready to walk on stage and I'm like, huh, it went away quick last time. This could be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you ever worry about having another episode where you you know, because of your heart condition, like, yeah. have you had any more of those? Or? Oh yeah, I, I get dizzy all the time, and that's part of honestly we joke about it, but that's part of why I am. I've gained weight and all those things. It's harder for me to exercise. It gets harder for me to do that. Um, I can, and I should be, it's good for me, but it's also a lot more, it's not more difficult than maybe you going out and, you know, cause you have a strong heart and I have to constantly think about that. But part of it wow. too is it has been adaptation for me, just learning how to live with the, with the lack. And, um, and for a singer like you, I can't imagine how hard it was to like literally for a season of your life, You'd only known music for so long, yeah. and you'd, I mean, been celebrated for your giftings, and then you had to just step away from it, and how hard was that not being able to sing, like, physically being worried that if you sang, like, like was that, what mm. was that season like where you, because I remember you stepped away, like, you kind of had a corporate job. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So my, my wife's family owned a, a business and I went and actually used my degree. I mean, I was a business major, so I went and worked in business and hated it the whole time. I was miserable. I remember kind of talking to you at different points and feeling like, man, yeah, Jody's not, he may be good at that too, but it's not like it wasn't a, um, a life giving you know, thing as much it as wasn't. it is with you with and the microphone in your I hands. I think everybody's different. You know what I mean? I think there are people who are called to be accountants and they're amazing accountants. And where would we be without those accountants? But that I just was not meant to do that. It's not that I was meant to be in the spotlight on the stage, but I no, but I mean, I had a calling. I knew I had a calling to ministry. Connecting with people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of times like you guys like you and me, like, we're not we're not fired up going on stage because somebody's gonna cheer for us. It's like right. it's like a comedian when a joke lands, or it's like that just that connecting. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like yep. when you're connecting with people and they're connecting with you. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed this before? Because this is something when we talked about me first learning to sing, something that I noticed. Have you ever actually seen the physical change on somebody's face when they actually get a song that you've written? or something that you're singing from. Like, there was a time when I would sing, and I started to notice, and people would be like, 
it first would be that smile like, oh, he's a good singer. And then all of a sudden their expression would change like, holy like, cow. Like they're being moved. Yeah. And, and, and it was like I realized at an early age, probably 13, 14 years old, that I that God, not me, but that God had, had given me a gift that, to yeah. be able to reach inside somebody and yeah. and plant that message. And so that stayed with me my whole life. Like uh, I th- I think about it sometimes. I thought about it yesterday. Yeah. Laying in bed thinking about the songs and some of the things that I wanted to do for Christmas this year and thinking, what are the things that are gonna reach inside and change somebody's perspective this Christmas? You wow. know? And I and I'm grateful for that. I mean yeah. Maybe that's the anointing. Maybe that's what you call the anointing. I don't know. I I, I don't want to be presumptuous because I mean, God how forbid, do you call it anything other than that? I don't because know. Because you know, well, what you're saying by saying it's the anointing is you're you're humbly stepping aside and saying, I know this is not well, my own. Show doing. ain't me. I mean, I'm a mess. You know that. You saw me. You eating and me both. Four hundred fajitas in there. <laughs> The number no. keeps going up. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's really powerful. And I, I do think, like, I always ask the Lord, and I pray for my band in this too. I'll say, like, Lord, like, give us eyes to see into the audience mm. and maybe even just find that one person, you know, who needs eye contact. Like, I've had yeah. moments where, like, I pick one kid out. I, this happened not long ago. And I, I just, for whatever reason, I picked this one kid out. And you know, what's your name? You know, just out of the blue. Yeah. And he told me his name. I was like, y'all make some noise for that kid. And I gave him a guitar pick. And it just, I didn't think anything of it. Sure. Later that night, they come back. And my dad comes back. He's always reporting stories. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you're not going to believe this. And he went, and went on and told me that what that kid was going through and how he really just felt like the Lord had, you know, that was a sign that kid needed. And I, and I just. How is that not the Holy Spirit? Right, how because is that, that ain't not, me. Yeah. That ain't you. I mean, you, it's not like you were no. like, oh, I'm going to pick John no. in the third row. Where he called me ahead of time. No. no. It's, I mean, and and so I, I do feel like don't you and I get spoiled to get a front row seat to God orchestrating and yeah. God working and God mm-hmm. moving in people's lives. And once yep. you get a taste of that, it's like we all, I believe that God has in store for each one of us. When Jesus said, I've come that they may have life to the full. I feel like what he's saying is like, hey, I want to give you a front row seat to right. see how I can move through your life mm-hmm. and impact people around you yep. through your life. And so whatever profession you are, whatever your major is in college, whatever your circle of influence is, it's not just a singer on a stage who gets to see how God can move through them. It's every single one of us. Right. as we walk, Like you said about being pouring into your daughter to become a planet shaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, God wants to show parents, uh, preachers, plumbers, mm-hmm. all That's the right. other piece, everything. Yep. Like, all the piece. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I just tried to go evangelist, but I ran out of three That's alliterations. That's a songwriter in you, all the alliteration. This book, So Far So Good, I want to make sure we tell everybody where... Yeah, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Well, what about your website, too? Do you have, like, it's, special... You know, I've got a website, but it's just more a synopsis of the book. You can't order it from the website right now. So We're Amazon. working on that. Uh, but it did just become available on Kindle, too. So if you're a Kindle person, nice. you can download it with that. But, yeah, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, if you want to kind of read a little bit more about it, you can go to Jody McBrayer online. What I think about um, as we head, you know, it's like uh, 2022, man. Wow. 2020, I mean, what can you say about 2020? Gosh. What can you say about 2021? I feel like 2020 chases us, though, don't you? Like, I feel like we still can't quite shake it off. It's either chasing us or we're just so weary that Maybe. we're just walking slower and slower. Like the albatross. You know? Right, because I, I look at that title in, in light of— not even thinking about your story, but so far so good. I'm like these last couple of years. I'm like, 
So far, <laughs> right. not so far, not yeah. so good. Yeah. But, you not know, so but, great. But a powerful message for the new year. And yeah. that's one of the reasons I've been wanting to have you on the show anyways. But I feel like this book could be a great Kickstarter for people into yeah. a new year. What's your prayer as somebody picks up your book and reads your story? And even as they pick it up in the new year, like what's your prayer that the Lord might, how the Lord might use your book in somebody's life? Well, you know, we're music people. You're probably a lot like me. A pastor could get up and speak for an hour and somebody could get up and sing one song and that one song will change my life. I'm with you. You know? Yeah. No offense, pastor. No, and, and I've heard some great pastors in my career. I know, too. I know. But um, somebody sang a song one time and the lyric says, don't hide the scars, don't be afraid to let them show because someone who hurts will see themselves in you and there's healing and knowing you're not the only one. And that, mm. I heard that when I was in truth. I mean, and I don't even know who sang it. I can't even tell you who sang it. But those lyrics have stayed with me. And so my prayer for this book is that people will read it and find hope and healing and knowing that they're not alone, that it's not just them. And whether they find that in, oh, it's Jody McBrayer, the CCM artist who's had all this whatever success, whatever all that means, or it's just, it's just another, you know, guy in Franklin, Tennessee, who's just like me, who, you know, struggles with this or has dealt with that or, is, you know, because there's a lot about depression, anxiety, all of those things in there. I want them to know they're not alone. That's the biggest thing. And when we go into 2022, whatever we're carrying in there, and you and I have been a part of that. We've watched great loss happen this this past yeah, year we have. with people we care about. Yeah. And I want all of those people to know, and even the people who haven't experienced anything like that yet, you know, you're not alone. Yeah. You don't walk in this. Not just not just because we're I'm with you, we're praying for you. We you know, there's something in our story that it's good. that binds us, but you're not alone because Jesus Christ walks with you yeah. and his hope never fails. The quote that Roger Breland says in the book is Jesus is never without options. So we are never without hope. Come on. And that's what 2020 looks like to me. That's why I can say, regardless of what the circumstances are, yeah. that's been pretty good. So you're able to look back at even a year like 2020, even a year like 2020. Yeah, 2020, I got to spend so much time with my family, yeah, you yeah. know? No, you're right. And we are never without hope. And and that thought alone, it's just I can't encourage our listeners enough. Like mm. if you're listening to this right now and you feel like you're lost at sea and here comes another year with a, with a bunch of bad headlines mm. and all these things, we have hope as an anchor for the soul yep. that no health diagnosis, no career change, no yep. marital, whatever battles and difficulties we're facing, there's still a hope to be found and a hope that the future is going to be brighter, that, that the chapters to come, yep. that there's still better chapters to come. Absolutely. I believe that. I ask every guest this, and we've talked a little bit about your story, and we've talked a lot about your story, but one of the questions I ask every guest is a talk about a blue couch story. And what I talk about is, you know, asking Jesus into my heart as a 13-year-old kid watching a Billy Graham crusade, a moment yeah. in my life. You talked about remembering the scene where you heard, first heard your mom tell your dad, hey, Jody's got a gift. He's a singer. I'm wondering, does, is there a vibrant moment, a memory that sticks out to you of when your faith, where you just felt the presence of God so real? And what I've learned is that I've limited it too much to where mm. I used to always think, oh, like God wants to meet you in one moment and then you go on with the rest of your life. Yeah, and it's like, no, it's all throughout the way. But I love asking people, hey, talk about the moment when you prayed and said, Jesus, 
come into my heart. Can you remember that? that oh, moment? yeah. Well, when you write a book, especially when you're promoting a book, there's so, as, when it's autobiographical too, there's so many stories about yeah, you're diving God into, showing yeah, up, you yeah. know? And he showed up a lot with me. And you'll just have to read the book to find out. Because there, there are supernatural moments that just cannot be explained any way other than supernatural. Yeah. And some people... It's amazing to me how many skeptics there are in Christianity who say, I don't really believe that. And I always say to people, look, some things are true whether you believe them or not. And whether you believe this happened to me or not doesn't change the fact that it happened, it happened for me yeah. and it's changed my life, you know? So That's good. cut to being 16 years old, 15 years old. And my father was a postmaster by trade, but he was a youth pastor called the ministry, pastor church for seven years, didn't like adults. So he decided he <laughs> wanted to work with the youth. He said the youth were nicer. Yeah. And he really found his niche with that. I That's mean, cool. he was, he connected with youth. He was great. We had a really thriving youth ministry and we met on Wednesday nights. It was called Youth Explosion. And my that dad- That sounds about right. I know, right? For the 80s. <laughs> yes. And uh, my dad spoke about something. I don't remember what he spoke about, but then I remember him talking about accepting Christ. And, and we got in the car that night to drive home and I told him, I said, I don't, think I've ever prayed that prayer. And he's mm. like, well, what are you waiting for? And I said, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I said, I just, I guess I've heard it my whole life, but I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to be the right time. So I'll never forget going home and kneeling down in my bedroom, at my bed with man, my dad. And my cool. dad led me to the Lord when I was 16. And That's, man. Yeah, it's the best. I love that. And uh, to me, just even hearing that gives even greater depth and context when I think about the title of your book. Yeah. So far, so good, you know, to have that moment where your dad prays with you and yeah. you begin a journey, a personal journey, not a family connection journey, but a personal yeah. journey with Christ. And he's led you this far. And I'm super excited to see what the Lord has in store Thanks, for man. you. I believe the best is yet to come. Great music. Now this book and people I can't encourage you guys enough to go check out at, at Amazon. The book so far, so good by Jody McBrayer. Uh, last question. Favorite ever song that uh, you recorded with Avalon. Go. Uh, I don't want to go. I was expecting something else. I, I don't know you? why. I don't know you're why. You're supposed to be say Testify to Love? Yeah, or I Adonai write about Testify to Love like in the that. book that I was not a Testify to Love fan. Really? Yeah. And Is that, would you say that's been the biggest uh, Avalon oh, hit? Oh, yeah. Testify to Love? Yeah, at the time, it was the longest running number one song in history. I remember then, when that like came out. Like two weeks later, Stephen Curtis Chapman beat it with five weeks. When I came, when that came out, I was like, I wish I'd written so I, I was. <laughs> I tried so to get Avalon. They played songs. it, and I didn't love it. And I know it's funny. And then how. we recorded it. They mastered it. I remember listening to it at Creation. We were at Creation Festival, and we were in the back of the bus listening to the master. And then did you? No, hear, you I was still like, I don't get it. it, but whatever. And then that song Bro. just. I remember being at Celebrate Freedom and listening to career 10, song people career song sing it at the top of their lungs. I'm like, man, they must get it. One solo Jody McBrayer song that you, if if people said, I'm going to listen to one. Tell me oh, which one. It's not just because of the book, but you got to hear so, so far, far so, so good. good. Yeah, I mean it's and that's that, available everywhere. It is. Okay, it's, it's on iTunes. And I, I have to say, I've recorded a lot of people's songs. That song is my song. They wrote it. I recorded it the first time. Nobody's ever recorded it since. Love it. And I just redid it. And it's, it's my song. And Kana's voice. One song. Go. Oh well, gosh, Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Yeah. The cla wait. The classic one. We redid it. What's that? Jesus never fails. Yep. See, I just I started singing, yeah. hoping that you would start. That was even the right key. Yeah. So don't. It was it. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's so high. Kana's voice is hard because I'm singing middle the whole time. So okay. I, 
I, I like. I'm so glad we don't do a lot of. Dates. But even when you <laughs> sing just a little bit like that, listeners are going, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah." So he, he <laughs> right. that's him. He's good. <laughs> and uh, even I think the guy that works at Chick Fil A and takes your order, I think just recognized your he voice. He probably too. does. Oh, that's the girl that orders. <laughs> He's Jody McBrayer. Uh, he's a world class singer, world class dude, uh, world class husband and father, and uh, now has a great book that tells his story. And uh, he hopes his story will speak into your story. So uh, read so far, so good to hear even more of the story. Jody, you've come to my house millions of times. Yeah. You've eaten my food, and yeah. uh, you know your family's amazing. But uh, this was your first time coming to the Story House to be in the podcast, and I thank you so much. Oh, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Fun. I'm honored. Happy New Year. You too, buddy. Hey, now it's time for songs from the Story House. Today's song from the Story House is by the great Jody McBrayer. This is the song he was talking about. So far, so good. I'm going to let the song speak for itself. Take a listen to just a little clip of this song and then go stream it wherever it is streaming for you. If it's Spotify or Apple or wherever, wherever. Go listen to Jody McBrayer. But let's check this out right now. One of the great voices in Christian music. Here it is. It's getting harder to remember Feeling lost and lonely Cause it seems we've been together for so long Yeah, I've been living in the moment So I never stop to measure All the miles that pass the places where we've gone Try to count the ways your love has carried me It doesn't take me very long to see That we have come so far You have been so good When I trace the road we have traveled I gotta tell you, Lord I look at where All right, that's our show for today. I gave my dad the week off because it's been a year. It's been a year. But he'll be back next week with Dad Vice. And uh, hey, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks to my guest, Jody McBrayer. Man, what an awesome dude. And I'm so honored to call him my friend. Hey, I want to make sure you know before we sign off here today that our spring tour has recently been announced. The brand new tour. We're hitting the road February 3rd. We've got some amazing special guests and a whole bunch of you I know have already gotten your tickets in advance, but uh, if you haven't done so already, find out where we're going to be at MatthewWest.com and you can pick up your tickets. There's a lot of cool VIP packages. Don't want you to miss it. This is going to be a powerful night of ministry, music, and worship. It's going to be awesome. So don't miss it. MatthewWest.com. And uh, with that, remember, God has a great big plan for your life, and I believe great things are coming for you in 2022, okay? So keep putting God first. I want to encourage you uh, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. How, how, how about that for a prayer as you start the new year? 
Uh, it doesn't matter what's behind you. Well, it does matter. And I know a lot of you are weary from the year behind, but I'm praying that the Lord will give you new strength, that he will renew your strength and that you can step into a new year with new excitement and new anticipation to see what God is going to do. It's a know what if life that he's called you to live. He's called you to live life to the fullest. Remember, your story matters. Your story has value and your story has an author and it's your story for his glory. I love you guys. Thanks for a year of this podcast that I will never forget. And guess what? I'll see you next week in 2022. Seriously, I, I, I do.